0: SIF 2016 has come to a close. Actually, that's kind of a lie, because we're recording this. There's like four hours left of SIF 2016. I think the the closing show is on right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for all intents and purposes, it's done. That ship has sailed. That coffin has been placed in the ground. Uh, (laughs) You know, all that stuff has happened uh what's the final movie oh it's the dressmaker right yeah yeah the Dressmaker. <laughs> man, they, they were trying so hard to get people to go to that thing oh, did I'm you tra- get all those emails I'm, where they were like come see the dressmaker the dressmaker is playing and like yeah, oh, I, I got a lot of emails yeah they were yeah. really really trying to trying to get us out there for that but none of us saw the dressmaker
1: none of us did
0: I,
2: despite SIF's best efforts, I did not see a single film from Australia in this festival. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they
1: were promoting Australia.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yep. but here we are, <laughs> D- the dust is, the dust is still kind of settling. Um, but it, it's time for our post-mortem on SIF 2016. Uh, once again, you could hear Melissa. Welcome back, Melissa. Hey there. <laughs> so let, let's start with you because, and I, I'm not even going to acknowledge Sean's existence for like a good 25 minutes at this point. It's probably for All
1: right, sounds one. good.
0: <laughs> Sean, always, Sean always tells me, he says, you need to do the intro because I, get, I it takes me a while to warm up. And so I'm just going right. to cut off the show until like a half until hour. He's,
1: until he's warmed.
0: Until he's warmed. Until, until
2: I finish my coffee and it goes
0: to work <laughs> in my brain here. Yeah, uh, do you drink coffee at eight thirty at night.
1: Yeah, wow.
2: Yeah, only when podcasting.
0: Wow, Sean, mm-hmm. this this rust lifestyle is going to kill you. Yep. One of these days. Yep. Do you uh, not like
1: stay up at night? Then you wake up in the middle of the night. No. No. Oh. All right. Well, I guess I'm older than you are, so that happens to me. <laughs>
2: You're like a year older than me.
1: I know, way older.
0: <laughs> I can't drink, I can't drink coffee at like nine in the morning. Because I'll be up like it keeps all night. You up, yeah. <laughs> mm. It's it's no good. Me and coffee, we we never we were never friends. Uh, but anyway, ignore Sean. Uh, let's talk to you, Melissa, because this was your first SIF. We kind of touched on that just yes. the previous, previous show. Um, I... Would you would you attend SIF twenty seventeen based on your experiences this year?
1: Ah, I mean in a way it was easy to attend because I basically could watch a lot of things on screener, but it, it was an odd experience. And I, and I kind of feel like, yeah, it, it lasted forever. And I constantly feel like I wasn't really watching that much, but always watching stuff, um, <laughs> which is strange. I, mean, I, think, I think I watched a total, i watched a total of 11 films. Which, they should make
0: it, they should, uh, sorry, they, they SIF's 2017 t-shirts <laughs> I, you know, this is a thing that I do on the show but I'm telling you that is a perfect summation
1: does is that your feeling also I mean like you're
0: always I'm always watch watching, watching. Stuff, but I'm not really I haven't been watching
1: <laughs> no I really mean, add up what I've watched and it's just ridiculous I mean I spent four and a half days at the Vancouver Film Festival and I watched 20 movies and it's been five weeks of siF and I've seen 11 right. But I still feel like I've been, yeah, watching them all the time. So
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's better to go to a festival and you're just there at the festival and that's kind of all you're doing. And you just have an intense week or four or five days or what is um, this drawn out thing, I don't know. I'm not, not feeling it.
2: Yeah. Like it's but, it's literally not possible to do what you do at, what you did at Vancouver at SIF.
1: Right. No. Like even
2: even if you had come down to Seattle for four days, you couldn't have seen twenty movies. No. At least not twenty that you actually wanted to see. (laughs) Right.
1: Exactly. Right. It would be a miserable experience. Yeah.
0: Right. If you were just like, I'm going to see everything that's at the Uptown, you could do that. But you're yeah, that's just you know that's no good. No, Uh, nothing I want to see. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we sift bash, we do. It it happens. Um but but I got to say, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's me. It's probably me, but this this year seemed just kind of weak overall. Like
1: there yeah. wasn't
0: uh you know, there were things that I was like, "Oh, I'm I'd, I'd watch that. I'm that's kind of interesting." And I got, you know, my list of stuff that I came up with before the festival was all stuff that was like, "Yeah, but but there was nothing that was like besides the archive stuff that I was like, "I have to make" this work i have right, to right. i have to see this somehow which at at vancouver last year was like there were like i don't know 10 things that were that were like that like do or die like i got oh yeah this,
1: oh yeah know? It was kind of torturous because you'll get these two movies you really want to see and you have to choose and it's right. just you know a terrible decision sophie's choice but right. here yeah completely choice different. Here. Yeah. <laughs> choice. yeah
0: exactly yeah well yeah
1: so, I mean, I will say that there were some movies that I absolutely loved, but in a way, like something like Mountains May Depart, but that was at Vancouver. Is so I don't Vancouver? really, yeah. it was Vancouver. So I don't really feel like it. SIF gets to claim it in a way, <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: Totally. Well, yeah. And they suppressed its release here so that they could run it at their festival. and then... okay, Exactly. That, that's, yeah. that's a rumor that I've been spreading that is not
2: necessarily sourced in fact.
0: Oh. <laughs> I think I, this is—I I didn't even know that was a rumor. You were—that was something I was propagating. So, okay, okay. yeah, I, we were working independently on that. But
2: yeah, that—that uh, that is a guess that has no factual evidence to back it up.
0: All right. Well, um, it
1: feels that way.
0: Yeah. You know, and and SIF has been very generous. <laughs> they let all three of us watch free movies for like they did. 15 did. weeks, and all we do is we kind of you know. <laughs> complain and you know that's not nice but you know well, I just there, got
2: to... there are a lot of things that sif does really well
0: let's talk about that let's Sean. yeah let's let's talk about so, that. Sean, john because you obviously have a different perspective than melissa because you've you've gone to sif several years running now Let, let's first talk let's first touch on uh how did you feel about this year's CIF? like did in compared in comparison to previous years
2: uh i th- I would say it's about the same as previous years like in in each of the years the the two years that I've gone to the festival, um, there have been like a handful of really really good movies, uh, a strong archival selection, and a fair amount of just kind of of good but not you know like earth shattering film classics. Uh, and that is the case this year. I saw I saw twenty four movies, which is uh, which seems like a lot compared to uh, like how many you guys have seen, but it's still less than one film per day of the right. festival, mm-hmm. uh, which is saying something. And I saw I think I think I saw all of the archival films, which uh, which like it was last year was was by far the best section of the right. of the programming. So if you take those out, there's... Let's see, what? There's one, two, three, four, five...
0: There's like eight, right?
2: Six, seven. Seven archival films that I saw. You take those out, and that leaves 17. And two of those I didn't like. So that's 15 movies that I saw that I liked in a 25-day film festival.
0: Mm. And
2: one of those that I liked is a film that i saw in vancouver as well was murmur of the hearts right which i watched again so that is not a particularly good average but but the archival programming was really great this year
0: it was fantastic I, and and you know i i half the film unlike last year where I, every i watched everything at home <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm a lazy bastard. Uh, this year, I made it out. Half of the films I saw at SIF this year um, were in the theater. However, seventy five percent of those were the archival things. Because, like I said at the beginning, those were like I they, I have to go see Dragon Gate Inn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to I have to go see um, a Scandal in Paris. You know Th- those are those were the ones that got me excited.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and and looking back, I was just comparing my two lists from the past couple years. Maybe I was just watching, you know, maybe I missed the Diamonds in the Rough this year. Um, but I think the, the new stuff that I saw last year was, was, on the whole, well, actually, there was a lot of crap last year that I hated, too. But, but the, the stuff I liked, I liked more last year, I guess, is what I'll say for that. Um, not that yeah. there, were, there were some movies that I liked, and we talked about them on the last show, and we'll talk about them on this show, but... Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's what are the
1: what are the um, the crowds like for those archival films? Are they pretty good turnout for those? Or uh,
0: for
2: well, every <laughs> for every one of them that I went to, the auditorium
0: was sold out. Okay. But now that that's a that's a that's you know a two sided question. You said what are the crowds like? <laughs> the, the, right. They were crowds. <laughs> yeah, they the, were there. The crowds, they, they were no good. Uh, mm. <laughs> now let, let, I just want to, I just want to take a moment to talk about our experience. Sean and I had,
1: mm-hmm. Sean and
0: I didn't sit together by the way. That was,
1: wasn't the Johnny toe film or wait.
0: what? Well, was that, I, the I wrote, yeah, we I were... wrote about both of these on the website.
1: Oh, okay. Though, but... Okay. I don't know
0: when you... we went when we went to dragon gate in, uh, it, so <laughs> before the movie even starts, I looked to my left, right. And, uh, about, I don't know, 10 seats to my left. There's a guy who's just sitting there with his shoes off. Like, <laughs> just, like, kicking back, like, with one leg draped over the other. This giant, honking, ugly foot just, like, in oh, my face. And, no. I, and I'm like, what? Where? No. How? Like, how do you get to this point where you think that that's okay? You yeah. know? Like, this is not right. So of course I took a picture of it and sent it to Sean. Uh, <laughs> you can sure, uh, share it, with you. I'm sorry. And then Sean, I think you could talk. We, we, you and I both had issues with the crowd's response to the movie. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that at all? Do you want to pass up, Put that under the rug. Here's the problem. I don't. I don't. Here's here's the thing. Is I don't think
2: it's a. I don't think it's a SIF specific problem. Like I think this is like an hmm. American audience problem when they watch martial arts movies. Mm. And I think it has to do with like 40 years of the way these films have been exhibited in the U S. So I don't think it's really fair to kind of place the blame for that on Sif.
0: Yeah. But I, but I think I, but I do think a problem is, is that like, like we were just saying, Sif packs in a crowd to see a movie like dragon gate in, which is great and then unfortunately, it's kind of spreads. The, like, I feel like there were people that were in the audience that went along with the dumb responses to the movie mm. because of the uh, majority of the crowd laughing at things that aren't supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's that's a little dangerous. Like, I like yeah. I you know, like I saw, you know, I've gone to like the Kung Fu Grindhouse showings that happened at the Grand Illusion, which is a more intimate setting. It's packed but it's, you know, uh, what, a a 15th of the size yeah, yeah. of the, uh, of the Egyptian or whatever. And those people are having a great time, but they're also, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to try and say that the, you know, us, our little, you know, minority here is like super cool or anything, but it's a much more enjoyable experience because the people are appreciating the movies for, you know, I don't know. There's, there's the, the, the there's people a, embrace the movies, you know, in in a in a more genuine light than people that right. kind of go to these to like to like. It's it's almost like a MST three K thing when when they go to see, you know, like they think this is some sort of, uh, you know, goofy extravaganza or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and and uh, Dragon Inn wasn't the only time uh, I heard that. Uh, the the Sammo Hung movie got a uh, similar kind of response. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so did the Argentine film noir that was the, the lone 35 millimeter presentation of the film, uh, Los Talos Amargos, uh, from the Film Noir Foundation. Uh, even that movie, I assume because it's 60 years old and uh, foreign, got mm-hmm. giggles.
0: Right, from the and audience. Yeah. the law. Right, right, right.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. And, and, and I, think, I think there's just a, a section of the audience, and I, think, uh, I don't think that SIF is responsible for that. I do think that they do certain things to encourage it, and that a lot of their marketing is geared towards bringing the kinds of people who go to see a movie to laugh at it to the festival.
0: Mm. And... And I, you know we don't need to get into this too much, but I gotta bring it up. And they have jackasses that come on stage before certain movies and introduce oh. them, and <laughs> give the worst possible introduction you could possibly give uh, for a movie that then you know, people that are, you know, relatively uninformed coming in that are just maybe just going to see a movie at a festival because, you know, it worked with their schedule or whatever and it sounded kind of cool or whatever, to have somebody in a, in, a, in, a, in a position of somewhat authority come up with a microphone beforehand, walk in front of this, this, the screen and give like a five minute uh, just vomiting of horrible, <laughs> inaccurate information uh mm. that's dangerous and i'm gonna i don't know the guy's name but there was this dude that came out before a movie that you and i saw uh trivisa sean yes. uh that <laughs> i mean he got you and you meant you talked about it he's the first person that i've ever seen get heckled uh <laughs> giving a film introduction like That's how bad he was, and it was, and what he was saying was so uh, rude, uh, incorrect, and just, uh, just mean spirited. You know, it was it was really appalling.
1: Yeah, I mean, was he uh, dissing the film before? Like, what what was some of the content? Like,
0: okay, well, let's
1: just give give the highlights, a few highlights.
0: Let's let Sean. Walk us through this here, because because as everybody knows that listens to this show, Sean is the internet's foremost Johnny Toe, uh, <laughs> you know proselytizer, and our next show will be on Johnny Toe. Uh, Johnny Toe has come up a lot on this show. Our first show was about Johnny Toe, and we've talked about Johnny Toe on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just let me, I'm just setting the scene here. So Sean and I are sitting next to each other at this screening. This is before I got sick of Sean and was like, "I can't sit next to this guy anymore." And, <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're, we're ready to watch this movie that is produced by Milky Way, which is Johnny Toe's production company and and this guy comes on and he has the microphone and, and <laughs> oh Jesus, man, it was bad news. And I was you know I was I was feeling the pain, but, but I was also feeling Sean's pain, you know, <laughs> because I knew that this was all, oh, this wasn't going over well. So Sean, please tell us what this, this fine, upstanding uh, programmer, and he's a programmer, that's another thing that's really annoying. So he chose
1: the, the film.
2: He's a, he's a programmer specializing in Asian cinema for the festival. Wow. He's also the program director of the South Asian Film Festival in New York. Right, and wow. there's a there's a video I tweeted out that, that somebody recorded him doing a similar kind of introduction at that festival in 2010.
0: That one was worse for two reasons. Yeah, the one, director was there. The director was oh, in the no. audience. No. Yeah, and two, uh, the, the, the I don't want to I don't want to spoil the, the I'm not going to spoil what he talks about <laughs> in it, but basically, yeah. If there's any, if you want to, you know, spit in a director's face, uh, highlight something in his movie that is, you know, j- I don't even want to get into it. You got, you find the tweet that Sean tweeted, and you go from there. Uh. But anyway, this fucking guy comes out, and <laughs> what an asshole! He comes out, <laughs> and he's, and he's like, first thing he says, he says, he says hey, everybody, do you like Hong Kong cinema? <laughs> well, guess what? Hong Kong cinema is dead. It what? Died. Yeah, right? What? He said this. He's like, it died in 1997. Um, and then... Well,
2: he was being sarcastic. At he that was
0: point. being sarcastic, I know. But but it was not the best setup for where he was going to go yeah. with this intended plan. So then he ch- he then wants to tell us about, you know...
3: The one well, guy don't that worry, kept, there's, there's the,
0: one guy
2: who kept Hong Kong cinema afloat since right. 1997.
0: And it's this guy Johnny yeah. Toe. Right? Johnny Toe. And he, he calls him... T- tell him, tell. Him. <laughs>
2: they said he said he's the Roger Corman of Hong Kong cinema. That uh, he'll, he'll, he'll just churn movies out. That if you have an idea for a movie, you go and tell it to him. And if it's got guns in it, okay. If it's got titties in it, okay. He'll make your movie.
0: Which is like the... What? The,
1: uh, yeah, right? It's like what are you talking about? <laughs> it's the
0: yeah. biggest crock. I mean, it was amazing. It was mind-blowing. Like, and I was... Uh, my mouth hard. was agape. And, the, yeah. and it, it was just... It was just flabbergasting. I was so he's just
1: basically saying Hong Kong cinema is kept alive by this hack
0: yeah. director. Yeah. Th- yeah, this guy that, that'll just you know, he's he's just a purveyor of sex and violence and, uh, and exploitation and, and filmmaking. Which yeah. Uh, it's not
2: it's not just that it's like uh, tacky and offensive. It's wrong. It's just fact, it's factually right. incorrect. Like Milky Way Image for, for 20 years has specifically not been making that kind of movie. They don't, they're called Category 3 films in, in Hong Kong. It's like the, the adult rating for movies with extreme violence and sex. Milky Way has never made a Category 3 movie, uh, at least for sex. Uh, and there is no nudity in johnny toe movies like uh you know as as soon as he he said this i started tweeting it out and i got a lot of responses because i know a lot of johnny toe fans on the internet and Mm -hmm. nobody could think of a single specific instance of nudity in any johnny toe movie going back 40 years
0: the the closest that i could possibly come to the closest I could come to was in the Don't Go Breaking My Heart movies. There is a recurring thing about a character who gets nosebleeds from cleavage. But yeah. you never see, I mean, it's just cleavage. You don't see nipples. You don't see, there's no naked butts going on. Well, there are some naked butts yeah. in the movie we saw in Trivisa. But it, it, it's not like in a sexualized way. It's just that, you know, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was mind-blowing what this guy was saying. That's and, bizarre. And yeah, it was really bizarre. And then this dude, hero that he is, I don't know who this guy was. He's like, just start the movie, <laughs> which was awesome. Right. Some some guy in the
2: audience yeah. sitting behind us who's we like, Can we just watched the movie already.
0: <laughs> and and this jerk on stage doubles down. He's like, hang on, I gotta say my piece first. So like, he uh. like barreled through it and was just
2: like, well, he started talking about <laughs> Hong Kong politics since the handover and, like, uh, the democracy movement and, the like, the umbrella revolution. And I had tuned him out by that point oh, because I was yeah. I was tweeting what he had said.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I no. wasn't even listening. <laughs> and then he said, yeah, at the end of his thing, he said, uh, we need to give the power back to the triads. But he said triads. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> said triads. Yeah, he was, like, like he was, like, like he was, he's saying that Hong Kong would be better off if it was just, I don't know,
2: it was... He actually he introduced uh, the Hong Kong movie The Next Night, uh, the Herman Yao, who is an exploitation filmmaker uh, movie with Chapman Toe, who uh, does make movies with with boobs. Uh, uh, They have a a new triad movie out and he uh, called it Triads then again, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you know, I had to get this off my chest. I've been sitting on this (laughs) off my naked chest, by the way, uh, you know. If you, oh. if you want to see sleepage, come over to my place. But like, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been sitting on this since we saw that, and, and I was just fuming. I was like, "What? Is, wh- how is this guy in a position of power?"
1: That's what I was going to say. How did he get to that pro- place as a programmer? Like he doesn't know. know what he's talking about.
2: I don't know, and it's and you know we're we're spoiled. Because because we've all oh. been to the Vancouver Film Vancouver Festival. right and and Vancouver has like an exceptionally accomplished programming team for mm-hmm. especially for for Asian cinema with, with Tony mm-hmm. Rains and and Chili Craker who are you know, two of the leading experts in the world in the English language on, on East Asian in film, let alone, you know, right. other, other programmers at the festival like like Mark Parentson or, or Tom Charity, you know, really, you know, respected figures. And mm-hmm. SIF does not have anybody of that caliber. Yeah. Uh, they have some good programmers there. They do program good movies, uh, but this was an embarrassment. It was, it
0: was, it was bad. I mean, it was, wow. it was really, it was something else. It was something else.
2: But, That's... and like, you know, you don't need to be Tony Rains to do a good intro at a no! film festival.
1: Right. I mean... I mean, you
2: just need to know, you know, a little about what you're talking about. And even if you don't, you need to, to treat the movie with respect. respect.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's like,
2: what was really missing, and that's and that's kind of the same issue with with Dragon Gate. Inn. It's like there's just a lack of respect for the film that mm-hmm. that we are seeing, and as an audience member, I, I feel that's like a lack of respect at me right. when when movies are being introduced that way, or being treated that way, or being encouraged to be seen mm-hmm. as uh, as jokes by mm-hmm. by the staff oh. of the festival.
1: Right. So they're like almost treated as just this kind of oddities like come and sort of gawk at this odd yeah. film from another country or something like that? It, yes.
0: <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it feels. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wasn't at the uh, the noir that you went to, but I mean, that was programmed by Eddie Muller, right? I mean, that one, yeah. that, and, and that guy knows his stuff. I mean. Yeah. And uh, that, I
2: mean, that, that is an example of a great introduction. And then still there were, there were MST3K giggles. In, right. in the movie mm-hmm. at least right. in, the, in the beginning of the film they as you know it's a film noir and it's and it's really good uh they, they kind of quieted the crowd well that's good yeah.
0: yeah but well before we take a quick break and actually talk about the movies we saw here um let it you know let us talk briefly you 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 did say a, a while back there before we went on this rant that i i'm sorry i, I brought out the open here but um <laughs> but we got it you know we got a we gotta hit the listeners. Where you know we gotta we gotta get headlines. You know
1: that's <laughs> right. Um,
0: but you did say there are many there are things that SIF does really well, Sean. And let's let's talk about that briefly before we take a quick break.
2: Well, I think I think logistically the festival was run very well this year. I mean, up until. The last the last couple of days, I, I I didn't have any problems with like the with the venues or the way that like the, the volunteers and the staff were getting people in and out of the theaters. Uh, there was a technical hiccup with the general, which uh, we can talk about later. But other than that, my, like uh, not like last year where we had like movies get canceled or uh, movies have to switch venues at the last minute, there there was none of that. Um, I that did was, hear there that was that I saw.
0: Uh, I think the Uptown was a uh, power outage at some point, but I yeah, don't know, but that, you know. That's
2: not their fault. And, right, and right, there right, were right. like HVAC mm-hmm. issues at the Egyptian and at the Uptown. And, and that's not you. You and I both know that theater staff can't do anything
0: about. The yeah. yeah, yeah. Right,
3: right.
0: I'm just saying that some shows were interrupted. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I you know, kudos to you know the, yeah all the volunteers were great and and you know they do you know a lot of tireless work um yeah that, that was great and i think everything i saw was at the egyptian um and it was great to be back at the egyptian i hadn't been there since uh you know they they were previously a landmark um so it'd been a while for me it was nice to get back in there and stuff and uh yeah. yeah. And,
2: and you know, I don't think you can say enough about how how effective SIF is at getting people to go out to the theater. Like, it's really remarkable the kinds of films that were just that just had packed crowds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and maybe they weren't the ideal crowds. <laughs> uh, you know, they're not and, you know, you're not going to fill up uh, an auditorium for you know Murmur of the Hearts with uh, mm-hmm. five hundred people who look at movies like me. I mean that's mm-hmm. it's it's just really rare. So mm-hmm. just just the fact that they're like getting people out for a Sylvia Chang movie or for. Uh, something like Trevisa that doesn't have any major stars or a famous director or a lot of buzz around it. Like anyone can get people to come out for Sunset Song or, or you know, the general. But mm-hmm. but for the smaller stuff, you know, the, uh, the Chinese silent was like a packed audience and it was like a really well put together program and it was a really well run uh, uh, show. And, you know, the audience for it was great. So... You know, it, it's it's easy to focus on like the the negative things that happen at the film festival, but there's like mm-hmm. a ton of stuff that goes into running a festival as as like big and uh, and diverse and, and disparate as SIF is, and and for the mm-hmm. most part, they did a, a really good job this year, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and I, again, <laughs> I can't say enough about the the programming of of the archival series.
1: Yeah, that's great. Is because... there some a particular person who's a particular programmer to
2: credit for that or i assume so and yeah and what's what's cool about it is like last year it was like the archival program was in cooperation with the martin scorsese's film foundation so all of Mm -hmm. the movies that they showed Mm. were film foundation movies so they were they were curated in advance by this other Mm. organization that wasn't the case this year like they they put this together and some of the titles are like uh are are out there like touring around like Chimes at Midnight and Dragon the End they, those have recently been restored and are traveling around the country but some of the the more obscure stuff like like the Chinese Silent or Heaven Can Wait or uh, mm-hmm. A Scandal in Paris which we talked about last time It's like mm-hmm. who programs a Scandal in Paris and then sells out the auditorium for it yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome that's, yeah that's, that's that's really cool and
0: and they should be commended for that yes I agree. I know. I, I agree. I I, 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 you know. I frankly, four weeks of archival stuff would have been right up my alley.
1: <laughs> that would be great. Yeah.
0: You know. Oh, those are the days. But, uh, well, we're gonna take a quick break uh, because our preamble ran for like thirty-five minutes. <laughs> uh, and then we'll actually dive into the the rest of the stuff we, uh, you know, we saw at this we'll, thing. We'll actually talk about some movies. Yeah. Sure. Hey. Why not? hey okay. <laughs>
2: All right, break now.
0: back uh now in this in the space of time to the listener that was like 30 seconds and you might not you might want to know what goes on behind the scenes because you you probably just assume sean just you know goes does another line and then he's back you know he's ready (laughs) to go uh but in fact hours can pass and and right now we just had (laughs) We just had a very invigorating 30 minute discussion about all things. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very, it was, it was wide ranging. It was, it was a beautiful conversation uh, better than anything <laughs> that we recorded prior to that. And that we will record from here on out. But I would just like to say that, you know, I work with some really great people and, and you folks are, are fantastic. And that was a really nice conversation that we had. Um, and now we should talk about SIF movies. No. The death knell of all <laughs> conversations. <to> <laughs> <laughs> that thirty minutes of gold. You know. Know. We, we were Icarus. We flew <sighs> too close to the sun, and uh, now we are going to come crashing we down. We, we're about to land on SIF twenty sixteen. But okay, SIF. Here
1: we go.
0: Okay, so Sean, you saw twenty four movies. I saw twenty four movies. Melissa, you saw twelve movies.
1: Twelve.
0: I saw. Yeah. A, eight movies. So, together we saw 44 movies. Now, we talked about maybe what half of them on the last show or whatever. Let's let's just let, you know, let's just walk walk through the highs and lows real quick and then maybe we could just give an overall view of the festival and and pick, you know, like our favorite and what we think people should blah 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 da, 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 da. All right? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, that's great. All right. And I think there's actually there's more overlap this time. Than there was uh last week. I what think last week. But yeah, like like we hadn't we we none of us had all seen the same thing, uh. But and I think in the last week we've we've all seen multiple movies that the other person or whatever. I see. I told you I came crashing down. We had a great conversation, <laughs> and now I'm back, and my tongue no is idea tied, what
1: we're talking about.
0: And my throat is sore. I'm a horse. But let's okay. So, Sean yes give me a highlight uh
2: a highlight was uh the dragon gate (laughs) in
0: yes it was the movie
1: itself yes Yes,
2: the movie itself and and specifically seeing it on a big screen uh i'd only ever seen it on on tv before uh both in like the old DVD version, which wasn't very good, and the new restoration on on DVD, which looks really nice. But just seeing it on the big screen, uh kind of brought home just how how great King Who was at like arranging the frame and the figures in a space. And there's like all of these little details that I'd never picked up before on, on TV. Like the way the 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 main heroic swordsman, his his eyes get redder. As the film goes on, as like, the, the body count piles up and he gets angrier and angrier, uh, like it, literally his eyes turn red. But I never noticed that on TV mm. before. But you see it in the big screen. And just, just stuff like that is like the reason why we go see movies in the theater, why they're supposed to be seen that way, is because that's how they were designed to be looked at. And you, you miss that yeah. when you watch it at home.
0: Yeah, I and I, I'll agree. I like you know, Chimes at Midnight was one that was like, oh, this has to be seen in the theater. But I think Dragon Gate in uh, it, is 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 even more so. Like that was that was a film where I hadn't seen it before, but um, it it is so. It, it it I don't know if "epic" is such a stupid overused word, but but the the compositions, the the frames, uh, you know, it's 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 wide and vast, and you get these. But then there's also these interiors that you know there's all these nooks and crannies and stuff that you can get lost in, um, and yeah, it King Who just formally is just can I mean every image is is uh so perfectly composed, um, and and the action is so uh well conceived and and there's just yeah it's it it's it's just perfectly calibrated uh every step of the way i mean it, it was really a, a a singular movie going experience and i'm glad that i i did get to see it um it on a big screen, and, and we got to see it in, in the biggest screen of the festival, really. The Egyptian is the best house to see that of the places that they could have showed it, so, you know, once again, that's kudos to them in terms of programming for, for putting it in the house like that. Yeah, and they're, they're bringing it back, too. It'll be back later this summer. I
2: don't. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if A Touch of Zen is as well. That's the other new restoration that, that's touring around. Uh, I hope that it is because, I mean, we, we talked about that one Yes. Like three years ago on the show, but, uh, that is a movie I really want to see in a theater.
0: Yeah, me too. And, and, uh, do you, which one do you prefer? Uh,
2: I think, I think they are both perfect. I think, I think Dragon Inn is a perfect action movie and A Touch of Zen is just a perfect movie.
0: Uh, yeah whatever that means but yes uh, <laughs> i think a touch of
2: i think a touch of zen china it, it takes the the action movie the wuxia genre in places uh nobody has thought to ever take it in like it is it is a wholly singular piece of cinema yeah uh, whereas dragon inn is just kind of the perfection of a generic form
0: right yeah I, I i i agree um and and i and i like that daring that that kind of uh you know the walking off the ledge that happens in, uh, Touch of in, and that, that one, I would, I would be there in a heartbeat to see that uh, on the big screen for sure.
1: And do you say both of these are touring for, uh, as, yeah. as a restoration? Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, Criterion's putting them both out there. I have them both, uh, Masters of Cinema, the UK, uh, DVD label already released them. I have both of the Masters of mm-hmm. Cinema copies as well, but, mm-hmm. but both restorations have been touring, the country and so
1: that's yeah. great yeah i'm hoping that the pickford will get some of those they're actually they've been they've done a masters of japanese uh cinema uh programming for the last couple of years but they're going to kind of shift it now i think and do just asian cinema gen- generally and i think they might do something like brighter summer day and i'm kind of hoping they'll get some of these these movies as well yeah, so
2: brighter summer day is something that has not played seattle
1: that. yeah but it's it's in the works for the pickford I, and i really hope they're gonna actually actually do it
2: all right what what about uh, for you what was a a highlight um uh,
1: the highlight is probably i think the one we can't actually talk about that much even though it's a it, um again it's played for it's been around for a long time but mountains may depart is that one is that one have a whole review on it still
2: <laughs> uh it does but we talked about it at vancouver and okay uh, and you know what N- Fuck N- it. neil <laughs> neil reviewed go. it at the site yeah. for us in vancouver i reviewed That's it in right. vancouver we talked about it on the podcast in vancouver yeah uh, so, we right. talked about it on the podcast at our end of the year show last year
1: <laughs> That's right. so whatever stiff we're gonna talk about it
0: yep. yeah so and you, and you know what this is gonna be the end of our our podcast. Any like like we're not gonna talk about end any it other- here. No, well yeah. I mean, what are we gonna talk about after Mountains Made Apart? I mean, let's, I just, let's just talk about it for like forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's. I mean, I don't know what happened to me with that movie, but that. I mean, when you're talking about seeking a cinema experience and getting your excitement for cinema back, I mean that. I don't. I don't even understand what it did to me. <laughs> but i was like i mean it just like i was riveted the whole way through the very beginning this amazing opening where they're dancing and it's the pet shop boys go west and and then all the way through to the end and it i, I again like i just sat there at the end of this movie just feeling kind of soul destroyed in the best way possible and then um i, I tweeted about this a couple of days ago but i was describing the film to one of my friends, and I just started breaking down. Like, I <laughs> I just started crying, and I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. And I don't, I really don't quite understand exactly what the power of this, this movie is exactly. Um, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of an obvious, metaphor, um, for the, uh, the Westernization and the, and the rise of capitalism in, in China, uh, I think through the lens of this particular personal story. Um, and it's, there's kind of an obvious choice in the beginning, she's being courted by two men and one kind of represents capitalism, um, and Westernization and the other is more, maybe the more traditional, um, Chinese, um, represents a more traditional viewpoint and maybe something more easygoing. And, um, and so she makes this choice, and then the choice kind of follows through through the rest of, of the film. And so on the one hand, it, it is sort of um, an obvious metaphor, and yet it's, and, and, and then their son, right, is called Dollar. And so it's, it's so obvious, right, this metaphor, and yet it completely
0: works, it's the best kind of melodrama like it's all yeah it's 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 just heightened and like and yeah a lot of people have problems with the bluntness of it but i'm like i'm like hey you're painting with bold colors just i mean if the the worst thing you could do is to hedge your bets when you're doing that you know what i mean yeah Yeah,
1: absolutely
0: i mean this is committed a hundred percent and it follows it through and yeah it just it just delivers oh yeah. yeah it's it's <laughs> uh, a made a douglas sirk movie yeah
2: and that's n- a, you a great know, comparison n- no nobody expected him to do that a uh, lot of people think, aren't
0: happy about it
2: well i think it i think it took people off guard when it came out at, at Cannes, but as as the movie's been out and uh let's be clear it's been out for a long time it played theatrically mm-hmm. Earlier this year, in every, every major shipping. city but yeah. Seattle, it's out on DVD and in China. I mean, the movie has been out. Uh, it got a lot warmer response when it was released in the U.S. than it got coming out of Cannes, and I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, has people kind of uh, realized what it was and that it wasn't going to be like a repeat of Platform or Still Life. Uh, they started taking it for for what it is, which is just mm-hmm. this really beautiful melodrama that is yeah. like it is schematic and it is yeah. obvious but it's so moving.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I mean something something about the time stretching out too. I mean it has a portion 1989 and then what's the next one 2000
2: 99 2014 2014
1: 2025 2020. right. And I think something about that stretching out of time that worked for me in a way that something like boyhood just completely failed for me I, I i know that that's that's a a lot of people love that movie but that movie not, not on the show not okay <laughs> <laughs> so i'm among friends <laughs> um it it just didn't i did not feel the power of it all but for some reason with this film i think the idea of of time and contrasting to the 1999 when it's this invigorated sense of all of life is before us and it's you're starting with that amazing again that dance and the the singing and all of them are together and they're they're just joyful and then you have the final moment of the film where all of these years have gone by and this is what we have mm-hmm. in the end and it's beautiful and melancholic and it, it it just ha- it has all the emotional weight to- it brings all the emotional weight to bear on all of those years. I mean you feel like you've almost lived all of those years in a way.
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of that is due to to Zhao Tao's performance. Performance. She's, yeah. She's so good. But also um Zhao Jangka's uh ear for music and not and not just the, the Pet Boy song, but the, the uh Sally Ye song that mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle section of the film that kind of connects
0: the mother and her son oh
1: yeah so just, good yeah uh,
0: the, the DVD comes out literally like four weeks from now in the states, so yeah. we can talk about this <laughs> as much as it. we want to I just like to point out uh, yeah I mean that movie um, that was one I would have liked to have tried to get out to see again because I mean mm-hmm. it was th- Me it too. was the last it was the last film that uh, I saw it in Vancouver, and it was such a great. I mean, it, yeah, it was one of those. A- after you've binge watched twenty five movies in you know, a week, yeah, mm-hmm. and you're like kind of dazed and confused, and you're like about <laughs> to take a train ride with you know a passenger who's just kind of stinky, and you know, <laughs> he, he takes up too much space next to you, and you're just like, this is gonna be rough. You know, and he has to sit a certain way. It's, you know, it's it's, it's no good. Hey, I, I may take up a lot of space, but I am not stinky. I know you're not
1: <laughs> You're well bathed.
0: Uh, well, but after a fef- uh, festival week, you never know. But yeah. you did bring eight pairs of pants, so that's true. I did. I had, I had lots of pants. Very uh, uh, clean. But, but to see a movie like that at the tail end of something... Uh, that That is kind of just this kind of, uh, 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 you know, mind out of body kind of experience of being at a festival um, and seeing that and just being like, I don't know, I was blown away when I yeah. saw it. And I was yeah. just it, like, it, and, and it was so funny to have those discussions after it came out where like, you know, I, the people on Letterbox commented on my review where I just like, I was basically like, I'm sold on this movie. Like this movie, yeah. every piece of this movie is 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 a is perfect like every choice was was just perfectly done and to get this kind of response of those people that did kind of have a lukewarm response so they like nitpicked like the third section and stuff Mm -hmm. and i and and it was such an odd experience because yeah i I didn't get any like i I, like no have any of those reservations with this movie and i i I still don't like. I, I think I think every every part of this movie works because of the other pieces. It's all part of a whole, and yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful experience. And I'm I'm dying to, to rewatch it. It'll be on DVD, but you know, uh, I'm I'm ecstatic uh, to see it again. And I'm ecstatic that you enjoyed it because uh, the more people that are on this bandwagon, you know, the better.
1: Yeah, I. I was, I was nervous because I knew that you both loved it, and I but I also knew about the lukewarm responses, and I just thought I, I really want to love it. But no, I mean, from that opening frame, i i just I'm with this movie, like it's and it's literally framed, it's kind of this arch, and then they're dancing, and the pet shop boys. I'm gonna keep saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just right,
0: I don't know, and then it the way works. all. Uh, the way it all wraps around it i mean it's out.
1: oh it's like uh, the most perfect bookend
0: yeah.
1: of, of a movie yeah like oh yeah. yeah that final scene too juxtaposed with the beginning i yeah i it's one of those things too where i i want to show my kids the, the beginning of it so i, I showed them the beginning I'm like hey you guys you know they because they they're both in dance and i was like watch this dance this would be really fun to do and then and then i was kind of telling them a little about the movie and i showed them the very end too <laughs> and again i just started crying <laughs> <laughs> like, mommy what's wrong <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> uh,
0: You'll yeah never, never be able to hear the pet shop boys the same way again you know i
1: know i know on the plus side my kids are now listening to the pet shop boys nice. okay, that's what they, that's what they want to hear in the car now so
0: yeah, well, as so a little good. aside a little aside here uh, I it's funny how like music gets recontextualized, right? By like different yeah. things. And uh, neither of you've watched Rick and Morty because you're soulless evil, you know, All humans. Right, I've, but... I've
2: watched a couple episodes.
0: Have you? Okay. Well, the end of season two is like the most devastating. I mean, it is heavy Stuff that goes on, and they play Nine Inch Nails. They play Hurt during it, which I've you know Ooh. I've heard that song since I was thirteen, and mm-hmm. you know I, like that song is ingrained in me. But now it has this new context, and like yeah. if I hear it on the radio, like I get this like Rick and Morty kind of tie in, and it's like I get yeah. all sad. It is like, really weird. <laughs> like, I don't think about Johnny Cash anymore. Yeah. I don't think about you know yeah. uh, you know fishnets or anything anymore. I I think about a fucking cartoon show that made me super sad. <laughs> but it's the same thing with that movie like the pet shop boys like yes. you know that dancy little number you know you get into it but now it's like wait oh that's the heaviest shit i've ever oh, heard oh
1: it is the saddest <laughs> thing ever <laughs> it's so good
0: yeah it's dope yes yeah, it really is so that's uh. our show <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: thanks for tuning in uh, no, I could talk about that movie till I mean the end of time. So yeah. I, I'm glad you caught up with it and gave us an excuse to talk about it uh, again.
1: Yeah, that one is also. I think they're going to try to play that one at the Pickford as well. I can't wait to go see it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: All right. So, Mike, uh, highlight for you?
0: Well, the, I think the well the highlight was Chimes at Midnight. I mean, sure. and I talked about it in the last show. Um, and then the the, the the best new film I saw was also one I talked about on the last show. That's just how it shook out. Uh, and that was Camera Person. I still think Camera Person is the mm. best. Um, did it, either of you end up seeing it? Uh, no,
1: I didn't no. get to see it.
0: Okay, I failed to watch that one. All right. Well, that was, that was my highlight. And then I'd go Dragon Gate in. That'd be my top three. So, uh, unfortunately, we've discussed all of those things. So, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Well, what Why did we what
2: did know. you think of of Trevisa?
0: I enjoyed Cause, it because
2: we didn't we didn't talk about that after we, after we did we
0: not. That. I had to split.
2: Yeah.
0: I had to get, I had to get the heck out of there. <laughs> uh, uh, I I liked it. It's an interesting movie. It's a um, it's as we as we said at the top of the show. It's a Milky Way production. Johnny Toe, you know, was involved uh, with getting this done and. Um, you could probably speak more to the people that are actually involved in the process, Sean. But it's a it's a three director film, um, where each director takes one character, and there are they're three main characters, and they're all kind of uh shady underworld types that are um coming up with you know. It it takes place in 1997 when the, you know, handoff of Hong Kong uh, is about to take place. And so their world is kind of in upheaval and they're trying to figure out, you know, where they fit in the world now and stuff like that. And so it follows these kind of, you know, criminals uh, as they're you know dealing with that wrestling with that and their stories kind of intersect they're they're trying to get one character's trying to get a hold of the other two um but you know it's missed connections all the way through and so i thought i thought one it was a really good way of kind of giving new filmmakers a shot at you know honing their craft you know working with like a set template but give giving them a um you know a, a clearly defined section to work with um, and I thought it you know it while I could see different um, directors had different you know slightly different styles you know um, and I and I, I don't have the information in front of me but there, there's one character that is the really flamboyant one and the filmmaking uh, is also the most flamboyant there's a lot of you know kind of swooping uh shots you know and, and things you know a roving camera um and it's it's a little more flashy uh, but anyway uh yeah and, and so i liked the three different stories to varying degrees i think some characters are more interesting than others um i it it does kind of tie together in the end or they they try and you know they do have like a kind of coda where those pieces uh do connect I thought that was a little labored. I, I, I don't know that didn't work as well for me, but the, the disparate parts I thought were pretty interesting. And, uh, I thought, I thought it was good. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's like a great crime movie or a great, um, I, yeah, I think it's solid and it's, and it's, uh, definitely intriguing, but, uh, and it's got lamp Suet in it. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm golden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll watch anything for 90 minutes if he's, you know, running around in it. So, uh, that was fun, but i uh, I think you enjoyed it a little bit more than I did, right John
2: yeah i think uh i didn't I didn't write down which director directed which part uh, so i don't I don't know uh who who was responsible for for each character, but uh, i thought I thought it was interesting that they're all they're all telling separate stories for the most part. And they are told somewhat differently. Like one one has more editing, one has, like you said, more, you know, kind of flamboyant camera movement. Um but they all are are in this kind of Milky Way house style. Like they all look like every every section looks like it's it's one movie as right. opposed to like three separate movies cobbled together. Um
0: and, and and that's what I was gonna say at the beginning was that like these multi-director things often are you know a mixed bag and it was nice to get with with that kind of uh continuity that this that this brings um there wasn't like oh my god you know the francis ford coppola in new york stories section you know what i mean like it was all Mm -hmm. it was all pretty solid you know and that was nice
2: yeah and i think uh I think the 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 plotting is really interesting. The way you, like you, you 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 given given the setup and like the first half hour of the film, you think it's going to be one of you know a, a typical kind of one last big score heist movie where you get like the all star gang of criminals together and they go out in like a blaze of glory, and then it they just keep not getting together and it just kind of extenuates this and until it you realize that the whole point of the movie. Is these different different characters' inability to come together and, and cooperate to accomplish something, uh, which is is really kind of is really clever and and it's really a a neat uh, twist on on the genre. I thought mm-hmm. it's yeah, like, and- like if if, uh, if like the gang in like uh, the Asphalt Jungle never actually gets to the heist. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, and that even happens, um, in smaller ways within the stories themselves. Like there's this guy that's kind of, um, one of the characters is, is, um, kind of keeping watch on this. Uh, there's a, there's a gold shop, like a watch shop. And then there's a, a betting, uh, horse betting, you know, uh, place next door. And he, he plots this, uh, this heist basically. And then and and he's about to go through with it he's literally like ready to go through with it uh and then he has a change of heart and it doesn't happen (laughs) and that's kind of interesting yeah I, I like that kind of uh you know delayed or lack of gratification that you get out of those kinds of things um I just thought that the um the culmination like at the end was a little I don't know it just didn't connect as well as I would Hoped yeah, or or it connected like, too well, or something. it's like the
2: little like ironic coda where the the three like you know could have met but they did not yeah, because none of like... them have ever mm-hmm. seen each other. But there's like one time when they're all in the same frame, mm-hmm. um, but since they don't recognize each other because they've never met before, the like the connection is missed. And it's you know it's a it's a you know it's like the little irony at the at the end. It's not I don't think it's like a major.
0: No, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. But I, but I, even like before that, like uh, I don't. We don't need to go into plot yeah. specifically. But yeah, the, the the end of each character's story also was a little underwhelming, um, in in a certain way. But but no big deal. It was it was fun. It was good. Yeah, I, I you know I had a good time with it. But it's not like you know you don't want to just compare it to Johnny Toe or something like that. But you know it's not. Uh, you know it's not. Kicking down the door and it's awesomeness, you know, no. but there's promise there. There's, there's promise there for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So I had a good time, you know, uh, even though there were no titties in it, uh, <laughs> I had a good time.
3: Well, that's
0: good. <laughs> you know, and I was promised beforehand. T- <laughs> Do you remember I turned to you, Sean? And I said, if there aren't titties in this movie, I'm going to be very upset and it's just not it's so it's
2: so just not the way that milky way works like milky way is like famous for it's like collaborative productions where they have like a whole staff of writers they have movies credited to like a, a screenwriter or two and uh quote the milky way creative team <laughs> right. where because mm-hmm. you know everybody works together it's not like hey i have an idea for a movie Johnny Toe throws money at me, and I go make it as long as it meets like certain exploitation requirements. It's mm. just—it's a, a complete lack of understanding about the the creative process for the Milky Way Image Studio. <laughs>
3: not to
0: not to <laughs> beat a dead horse. Sir.
2: It's really—it's so appalling. To go
1: back there, uh,
2: but I mean, wow. this this kind of collaborative thing where you have like the three directors working is is something that Milky Way would do and would do really well because they have a long history of collaborative productions like this.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not Roger Corman just being like, okay, here's $5,000. Give me a, you know, a print that runs five reels and, you know, we're good. Yep. Exactly. So anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And is that one, is that one getting a theatrical release anytime soon or? Probably not.
2: That's, that's... Will it get one at all? That probably won't get one at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, I don't think it probably if could. if it does, it'll be like a like a one screen at the AMC mm-hmm. kind of release. Yeah. But I, I would not expect that. Not that it doesn't not that it isn't good enough to get one. I just
1: Sure.
0: Would be surprised. Yeah. 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 Did you see any you didn't see any archive stuff, Melissa? Did you? No,
1: I didn't. Okay. No, I wasn't I mean I just went to Seattle for the one time and then Right. Yeah, couldn't make it back down again.
2: But you so. have you have in the past seen the general.
1: I have, yes.
2: I, I have saw the general. The general. I saw the general yesterday. And I, I
1: think you I, talked about it as one that you're looking forward to, right? Partly, yes, partly because of the score that was supposed to be
2: because of the Joe Hisashi score, which yeah. Sif did not play. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh dear!
2: this was the the main selling point in all of their advertising for the film was that they they're playing the general which of course is is you know buster keaton's masterpiece it's a great film i've seen it many times before i've seen it in theater uh, always happy to watch the general and it's always great to see yeah. it with a crowd it's like one of the best movies to yeah. see in a theater with a crowd because
1: that would be really fun yeah.
2: everybody always loves it um but their like the main new new point was that they got this new score by by Joe Hisashi like the the woman who did the pre-show announcement is like here's the general and it's got a score by Studio Ghibli's Joe Hisashi. Uh, great. Really exciting. It's the Robert Israel score is what they played, which <laughs> I'm pretty sure world? is the one that's on like my Kino DVD. Yeah. So
0: was that just a mistake or did you know, they What happened? No idea.
1: They didn't say
0: anything about it afterwards or anything? Nope. Oh my god. Oh. Uh,
2: I, I I tweeted about a couple other people, Sean Axemaker tweeted about it. As far as I know, there's been no response
0: from Sif as to what happened.
3: That's it's bizarre. A, it'd be
0: funny if they've just made the whole thing up. Like like,
3: <laughs> like a bunch of
0: people What? A, in. What a bizarre like like they thought like saying I mean, obviously that was an exciting song Not nothing against Joe Hisashi, but you know, that would have been hilarious if they're like, yeah, who's a, who's a, who's a popular, you know, composer now Hisashi.
1: yeah, Joe Is- Hisashi
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, did that. Yeah. <laughs> no one will ever know. It's just tinkling pianos.
1: Oh boy.
2: And, and I'm like, I'm like watching the movie and I'm like, huh? This this, this this is not what I expected from a Joe Hisashi score. Like, it's integrating Dixie and, like, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, my old Kentucky home and, like, all of these <laughs> American standards, which, you know, I guess um, there's no reason why Joe Hisashi wouldn't put Dixie in the Civil War movie. I mean, he's certainly conversant in American, sure, you know, traditional folk song, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Robert Israel
1: huh that's
2: so, weird yeah that's, that yeah, that was that's frustrating that, that was like the one kind of projection screw-up that i experienced at the festival yeah uh and it's just kind of baffling
0: that is weird it's just weird. yeah and the again just
1: not say anything about it
2: well i assume either. that they didn't notice right <laughs> right like they probably they probably but, have like a DCP that has two different soundtracks or a Blu-ray that has two different soundtracks, and they just didn't weren't paying attention and just press play, and nobody at SIF knows the movie yeah. or the composers or you know cares to fix it.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, but it was still the general.
2: Yeah, it was still the general, and still great. It's I mean, yeah. it's an amazing movie, and yeah. it's it's yeah. so fun to watch it with the crowd.
0: So. Yeah, were great. there were there uh, a lot of kids there? Yeah, I was just going to ask that if you
2: not as many Jeez. as when we played it. Yeah, but there were there were there were a few kids.
0: Because I mean, you know, SIF a couple years ago, SIF did a really great um, early comedy festival. I was going to say silent, but they they had some uh, Laurel and Hardy and some March Brothers in there. Um, that was that was really gratifying to go to that because for every almost everything I went to, it healthy healthy smattering of kids at all those shows. So um, that's great. I know. You know, that's how I got hooked. You know, when I was a kid. But. Yeah,
1: totally. I mean, kids like that—that's the perfect kind of humor for them. I mean, yeah, you don't really have to understand the dialogue or anything. It's just all visual.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Essentially. It's glorious. It's yeah. Glorious.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of one of my favorite movie theater memories is is when we when we put on the General at at the Metro, and I was like sit, sitting in theater in like the middle of the movie, and I look down the row, and a few seats down from me is this is this little, little kid. He's maybe six, seven, eight years old, and he's just staring up at the screen with his eyes like wide open, and is like this huge grin on his face, and he's just like so happy and so like entranced at, at Buster Keaton. It was
0: just.
1: Oh, uh, That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Did we, was, did we run Steamboat Bill too? We did. Okay. We were fucking awesome. Yeah.
1: That's great. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Wow. Good yeah, on we us. Did, we did
2: Steamboat Bill and, uh, uh, Sherlock Jr. Yeah. And, uh, Nailed cops, it. I think. Did we play oh, you're
0: right. Yeah. We ran shorts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The uh, costs in the playhouse, I think. God, I've known you for a long.
1: <laughs> you guys yeah. go way back.
0: <laughs> you go way back now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I didn't talk to Sean for like the first year that we worked together, though. I didn't know. I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't. Did. I couldn't get a beat on that guy.
2: Was
1: pretty, that, was, that was typical. <laughs> I yeah, could I, totally see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, this guy's. I don't know. He's kind of just like you know.
2: Well, I had the thing,
0: in The corner.
2: I, I had this thing where I wouldn't talk to the new staff for like the first like three months that they were there. Cause I didn't want to like bother with them if we would like have to fire them or something. So
1: don't want to get yeah. too attached.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: Right. Six and a half years later, <laughs> Sean and I finally met. Yep.
1: Still not attached. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. He still doesn't <laughs> want to get attached. Trust me. Uh, I will only disappoint. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I feel like we've sifted enough. Like I mean I don't know is there anything else you want to talk about with is there anything well, you really we've, we've only like?
2: talked about four movies Mike
0: <laughs> I, I know, but,
2: <laughs> and one of them is the general
0: <laughs> but uh, where do you go where do you go from the general and mountains may Park? I, I mean, know I,
1: it's hard to go anywhere else
0: like I I don't know I'm not enthusiastic about anything else was there anything else you mm-hmm. saw that you were enthusiastic about Melissa.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I will say there were—I mean, there were a couple that I did like quite a bit, um, and one of them is the, the Mark Cousins film. Did either one of you guys catch up with that one? Um, no. I am Belfast. No you get a chance to see it. Yeah, I—I I really liked it a lot, um, and I—and I think I was—I was actually thinking about it quite a bit today, just because of the. Um, What's happening, what happened in Orlando? B- because it is it is essentially a a film that deals in a very poetic way with everything that is Belfast, including you know the the kind of violence that has, that has at it, at its heart and the sort of um, I guess the the bigotry and the prejudice and 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 how that works together. and it and it um so I it was really kind of a powerful experience, kind of again, contextualizing it in in. Um, sort of even just US history and what's happening um, in the context of today. And I, I did really like a lot the way that he approached it. It is It is a film that doesn't really have a proper narrative um, in a way. It's kind of like a very poetic, take, I guess, on trying to understand his city. And, and it is this this kind of personal journey for him, I think, because he left Belfast when he was 20, sort of when the, the violence um, began. And there is almost the sense that he feels a little bit guilty about having left. Um, and now he's coming back and trying to, I guess, in kind of a humble way, sort of take a look at the city and think about what it is, and almost look at it in a kind of defamiliarize the place for himself uh, in a way. and then also, I think for us as viewers. we might have a very typical, very stereotypical understanding of what Belfast is and even of the the violence and the people and and what it is. And then so he sort of takes these visual pieces of the city where sometimes you're not quite sure exactly what you're looking at, and then he pans back and you see what it's connected to. And he kind of does that throughout the film. And then he has this um, this conceit, I wasn't quite sure exactly if I liked it at first, but he essentially imagines the city as an older woman, and she becomes kind of the primary face that you see throughout the film. And it's her narration and her face that you see, and she's sort of a tour guide through the city, kind of as the city. Um, and he himself, you hear him, his voice also kind of Querying her as the city, and then they go through and look at various things. And I wasn't quite sure if I, if I liked that at first, but but by the end of it, all of the pieces really do fit together, and you're left with this sense of this place that is very complex, um, and there's a lot of I think conflict um, at its heart, but there's also a lot of just ordinary people just trying to live. Um, and so it's, it's very beautiful. And he also kind of highlights the kind of the ugliness of it as well. Um, and it's, it was really effective. Um and so I would, it's, def- it's one that I would definitely recommend. And it's probably not one that people are going to be, you know, packing out the theaters to see, but it's, it's, it's certainly one that feels like it's trying to come to terms with a particular place and its history and its personal history and you love it, and you're attached to it, and yet it, it's kind of painful and sordid, as it is beautiful, in a way, I mean, which kind of makes, in a way, a nice pairing with something like Sunset Song, which is um, following a similar kind of, kind of theme. So definitely worth seeking out, I would say.
0: That was um, the Christopher Doyle cinematography. Yes.
1: So it's also gorgeous. I mean, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I was definitely intrigued by that one. But uh,
2: yeah uh that it sounds great i'm i'm not looking forward to if it ever does get released all the letterbox reviews that complain about mark cousins <sighs> accent
1: yeah i know i don't get why people are bothered by that that is the thing that seems to keep people from really liking a story of a film is um that's the title of it right yeah, yeah the series gone. yeah
2: uh people are, yeah, are great. horrible
1: <laughs> they are horrible you know you, you <laughs> hear you know, less of him, him in this one than the woman but yeah does Go she ahead, have Mike.
2: does she have the same accent
1: she <laughs> she, she has an irish accent yeah, yeah. <laughs> um
2: <clears throat> but it's like a particularly like like uh like belfast accent the way that his it voice is. rises in, in
1: yes it kind of goes keeps going up yeah yeah which again i guess if you're not used to it but i once Mm -hmm. you get into the rhythm of it i i love it yeah it's great people talk how they talk you know exactly (laughs) people just talk
0: we sucker you in making you think that you know you're gonna hear a discussion about films on the show but we 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 actually then turn it on you and we just complain about people (laughs) yes that's really what we do
1: it's really what it's about here like like
0: 10% 10% films and like 90% about, you know, how people, you know, <laughs> right. people watch movies wrong or they, you know, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So
1: people are just uh, stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, p- right. yeah. We're the best. People are
2: stupid. <laughs>
1: there right. you go.
2: So that's, that's like film podcasting in a
1: nutshell. Right that's right. Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right. Did, uh, were there any other movies you, Feels strongly oh, about one way or the other.
1: Yeah, well, there's one other one that I can't talk about that um, it's a whole review, but it's the North Korean documentary that I said I was looking forward to. Ah, uh, oh, um, yes. And I did really like it a lot. Um, it's beautifully shot, um, and it also is just fascinating from a kind of meta film perspective in the sense of what the, the filmmakers are on these restrictions, and yet you see... You see more than than um, the the North Korean handlers wanted you to see or assumed you're going to see. So I think it it is interesting from that perspective of letting kind of visuals do do the talking by just letting the camera play longer um, and kind of working around what the the narrative is supposed to be by focusing on again playing it out longer than 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 the, you might expect for a scene or focusing on things that are. On the the fringes of the narrative, rather than what the Korean handling the center of the narrative. Um, so I really did enjoy that a lot, in, in part because it it is so beautifully shot. It, it looks it looks great. Um,
2: yeah. I think I saw uh, a news item about that today. It was supposed to play at MoMA, and they canceled it under pressure from North Korea, and now they found oh, about that. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. So I can like see. I can see that. For... Yeah. I can see why the the pressure is is coming from from North Korea. Yeah. I mean, it, it's essentially exposing the way that the North Korean handlers wanted their what what wanted they wanted to be presented, and then the filmmakers are showing all of the how that's completely false, right. essentially. So, yeah.
2: What, what about um, you, Mike? Any, any other uh, strong thoughts?
0: Strong thoughts,
2: good that's or bad, my, that's my, about that's movies my... that you've seen.
0: That's my spinoff podcast. Yeah. Strong, strong thoughts. Mike's Mike Mike strong sense. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to go to the gym and work on you know the strength of my thoughts. Uh, uh, no, you know, yeah, this, this past week has been, like I said, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, I saw some archive stuff that was great and then some Midland new stuff. Um, I saw a film that um, I believe you saw, Melissa, The Bacchus Lady. The uh, yeah. of yeah. Korea, the other Korea, yeah, uh, and it was, it was like that was a movie where I liked the, I liked individual parts of it, um, yes. like elements of it, but as a whole, I was like, this is kind of stupid. Like it's about, yep. an, it's about a an older woman who is a prostitute. And the movie, like, it kind of wants to deal with, like, dealing with the, you know, how, you know, you become obsolete when you're old. And, and I find that kind of interesting or whatever. That That's an interesting yes. thing. But it didn't really come to any interesting conclusions. The ending was really stupid, in my humble opinion.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it had at least the courage of his convictions in a certain sense that it was trying to portray life as really difficult for her or like that she really had no other options and so i guess on the one hand it's like well okay at least it followed through on that but i agree it felt a little pat or something
0: it's funny because like it it hit things on the nose in a way that like mountains made a part like hits things on the nose in a really great way and this was like oh it was kind of okay um and then there's also the the there's this need in the movie like like i don't know why she was tethered to that little boy i really don't get like i thought that was no, kind of yeah and then it like has nothing to do with anything um, right
1: exactly it seems like it's trying to address a bunch of different issues um in part like racism because the boy you know he has a filipino mother and then right. he's abandoned by the father and then also kind of tap into some of her loss herself or something but then as you say it just sort of all of a sudden the boy is just gone.
0: Yeah, it's kind so, of like okay, whatever. Well, and then and then the worst part is, you know, <laughs> she goes to a Kentucky Fried Chicken and yeah. there's an American yes. soldier there who is half yeah. black, half Korean and yeah. she goes up to him and she's like, "You're, you know, you're a very handsome boy or whatever." And he's like, "Yeah, my parents abandoned me or whatever." And it's like are you kidding me? Like she yeah. turns out she had a kid with some, you know, American soldier. I mean, it was like, yeah. Um, so anyway, I didn't hate it. Like, like I said, I thought it was, yeah, you know. But then it just kind of fizzled out, and I was like, blah. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the strength of it was in part just her and her character. Like, just I think she had a. She, it was a great performance. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, when I when it first started, I had this kind of pithy thought that it was the plot initially, it was like a Charlie Chaplin plot with a Buster Keaton face. Like she has, she has that stone face, which is really, Mm -hmm. really cool and really good. And then she's tethered to this kid, like in the literal, the kid. And I was like, Oh, there's going to be an interesting kind of pairing of these two um, kind of outcasts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it didn't really go anywhere with that. And then, and then the secondary story that it, Ultimately, yeah travels was a lot less interesting so
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah yeah
1: i'm yeah. right there with you
0: Yeah. okay yeah so that's basically it for me uh <laughs> the uh
2: the I, I got one more to talk about like i i wrote about a bunch
0: on the website sean didn't, li- sean didn't listen to anything we just said by the way he <laughs> to- <laughs> he's,
1: he's just to- reading and preparing
0: just completely he's tuned out I, I i didn't watch that movie i don't have anything to say about it you don't even know what movie we're talking about. I, all right. No, yes, fine. No, no, you, you have one more movie to talk about.
2: I have one more movie to talk about, and then we can be done.
3: Hey. Uh, hey, <laughs>
2: freedom. <laughs> uh, anyway, I wrote about uh, like uh, uh, Tag and My Beloved Bodyguard and The Moth Fathers and Thithi, which is a nice little movie. Uh, I wrote about all those on the side, but one I did not uh, write about was the last movie I saw, which was the Kiyoshi Kurosawa film. And I wanted to talk mm. about that a little bit because that we talked about Kiyoshi Kurosawa on our preview show. It was like our with Terrence Davies. So uh, yeah. creepy is uh, as, uh, as I was hoping it would be. It is basically Kiyoshi Kurosawa's The Burbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a horror movie about a, a cop and he uh, begins to suspect that his neighbor is a serial killer and uh, he is and it's creepy (laughs) it's it's good it's it's uh i've only seen a a couple of kurosawa movies uh cure and pulse and then uh, tokyo sonata which we talked about on the show and Mm -hmm. it's uh it has a lot in common with cure and i don't know if this is like an intentional like calling back to like that early film of his or uh, if this is a the theme that he's, like, explored in a number of films. But uh, the the serial killer in Cure is, like, a, a hypnotist. He, like, mesmerizes his victims into killing themselves. And there's a similar kind of of conceit at the heart of, of Creepy. Like, the the way that the serial killer goes about his business is, is more suggestive than actually sure. doing the killing himself. So... I don't know. It's it's a movie that I haven't, uh, that I liked quite a bit. I mean, as much as you can like a movie about serial killing, but uh, I haven't quite figured out what it all means yet. So I'm looking forward to to thinking about it some more. So I'm glad I didn't have to write about it. I can just babble incoherently there,
1: yeah, for a couple there's minutes there's on
0: the review. podcast. There you <laughs> go. Review. Like a year from now, when they want proof, we just send them the link. Send them this podcast. Yep.
1: Have a listen.
0: Yeah. Here you go. (laughs) Just press
1: play. (laughs) You'll find it in there somewhere.
0: (laughs) One hour and fifty minutes into it, it's there. Uh,
1: No, that sounds great. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Very very
2: very good movie. Uh, And that is. Basically, it for me. Like, I saw a lot of movies, and uh, I liked most of them.
1: Well, that's pretty good, then.
0: Yeah, yeah. what do you have to complain about? Nothing. 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 <laughs> at all. Nothing. Um yeah, well, you know, another another siF done. and and, you know, that's that's a good way of plugging the site, though, is that there you saw a lot more, Sean. you 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 put in the time and the effort and and that should not go, you know, un uh, remarked upon. And so those that have Definitely. interest in 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 learning more about sif and the films that were seen there should go to Seattle screen scene. Uh, dot com. Uh, you can you can hear or I mean, you can read Sean complain about that programmer guy again too. If that's something you know that you're interested in as well, um, but there's also <laughs> there's also discussions of the, of other films that do not get mentioned on this podcast. Because um, yes. if we talked about everything under the sun, we would never get anything done. So. No. And that that rhymed. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, Melissa, it's been it's been a pleasure having you on the show for. Uh, the last couple episodes.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Your presence yes, always classes up the joint. Uh, <laughs> you know, Sean wears a tie, and uh, he does. You know, uh, he brings
1: it in the in the attire department.
0: That's right. I put a little deodorant on. You know, uh, <laughs> that's the extent of what I'll do for you. But uh, but no, it's good. It's nice to have. It's nice to have another perspective in this in this in this room. Uh, it's nice to you know. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's a breath of fresh air, frankly, to be quite honest with you. you know? <laughs> a lot of, a lot of stale hot air going on. Well, so. it's been
1: a total pleasure. And Mike, I don't, I mean, I never get to talk to you, so it seems like, I don't know. It's podcast is a nice way to do that.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're not, I mean, I would think by at this point, I, I feel like talking to me, for two hours is kind of like twenty-five days of Sif. I think it's
1: <laughs> equivalent. Well, and it's close, but it's you're not
0: tapped that out, bad. and you're, you know, wait until next year. I think is the best the best plan for that. Um, Sean, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, that's all I got to say. Am I, am, I, am I wrapping this up? I'm wrapping this up. I, got, I hope out, so. You can find out more <laughs> about this lovely. You know, triumvirate at Scene dot com. There's an email, right? seattlescreen at gmail.com. On the Twitter at seattlescreen. Uh, yeah, and I think that's it. We did it. Ooh, the light at the end of the tunnel is here. We are free. Show <laughs> about our lives. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's about it. So, uh, without further ado. We'll see you next time. Oh, Johnny Toe. That's what we're going to talk about next time on the show. All
3: right. Johnny
0: Toe's new film is going to be playing. It's called Three, and it opens uh, on, what is it, the 24th or whatever? Yeah,
2: June 24th.
0: Yeah, June 24th. And as has become tradition on the Francis Farmer Show, Sean and I will be seeing it opening night at the Pacific Place in Seattle, and we will be recording a show in the lobby of the movie theater um, which I'm sure for the AMC employees, it's it's always, you know, it's that time of year. They're getting excited. Oh, I bet. Yeah, they're counting <laughs> down the days until Mike and Sean show and up.
2: They're going to set up a nice little recording space. You know, us.
0: as they always do. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we're going to tie that in uh, with a discussion of the great Samuel Fuller uh, and his film Shock Corridor from 1963. So it can't be beat. That show's going to be a barn burner. I could tell you right now,
3: <laughs>
0: so uh yeah, anyway, uh hopefully the music has drowned me out at this point, yeah uh, <laughs> take care, everybody. <laughs>